Welcome to the Eat Fans Quickie Podcast, a 15-minute segment where we chat with various content creators of adult entertainment on what drives them, tips for growth, and so much more. Eat the simple, straight to the point, and contains easy-to-execute tips. This show is brought to you by EatFans.com. Monetize your influence. Who are you and what's your niche? Okay, so my name is Arabic Slave Girl. Um, I can start by giving you like my full story. Um, I grew up, I was born in the Middle East. I grew up in Dubai most of my life. Um, I grew up to an extremely religious Muslim household. Um, So it was a very different upbringing from a lot of people, I would say. Um, But essentially, you know, very tight, very strict, very disciplinary. Um, You know, throughout the years, um, the family eventually, my first, you know, um, experience with porn um, is when the family got a family computer. And I was kind of browsing the internet. It was back when Tumblr was, you know, all the rage. Mm -hmm. And I discovered this account and they had like these sex stories and all of that. So one story that kind of stuck out with me at that age was the story of this girl who, in essence, she got like tied up and she got fucked senseless by so many different cocks. And that was kind of the start of where um, my obsession is with porn, sex and all of that. I would like kind of, I've read that story so many times it was like burned through my memory and I would have to just take so many like sneak trips to the bathroom and just masturbate and like do all of that. It was, it was very, you know, intense. And from that, I started watching more porn, but living where I lived, you, porn was banned everywhere. Like you have to have a VPN just so you can like access porn, but you know, give it, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And I was able to find resources and and kind of get exposure to all of that. Afterwards, like fast forward a few years after, um, I was 22, still a virgin at that point. And I was finishing up my master's degree. My parents had moved on to the States uh, at that point. So and I was going to move in uh, or travel to live with them after after I was done with my master's. I was still in Dubai. They were in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I found this weird window of time where I was done with school and I was about to travel and or leave the country. And I wanted to, you know, have sex for the first time. It's, uh, you know, I've been reading all about it, seeing all the porn. I'm like, I want to do it. And it was just a good window of time. So because sex is very taboo over there, you know, you don't do, you know, you don't have premarital sex at all. So I found someone on, I don't even remember how, but I found someone, we had sex. It was very mediocre at that point. <laughs> you it just wanted like, to get it out of the way, huh? Kind, kind of. <laughs> well, I, I, maybe I build it up in my head too much, but it was not what I expected it to be at that, <laughs> with that person. I guess maybe, I think it he was also a little bit nervous. So it, it was mediocre. I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Moving on, I came to the U.S., you know, land of free opportunity and everything. And I kind of still 
found myself in this loophole of like kind of watching more porn and consuming all that footage and all that media and just masturbating to it. And then, you know, after a while, I was like, this is, you know, you get kind of stuck in like a loophole. And I'm like, I want to do something more. Um, so I got on the apps. I was the the, the dating apps. The dating apps. <laughs> dating is uh, very heavily quoted. <laughs> uh, and I started looking at some some people. I found the guys who I was attracted to. And I was kind of very blunt with them, like, this is what I want. Like, I'm not trying to fool anyone. I want to have sex. I wanted, I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of started doing that, started finding a lot of people, hooking up with them and started learning more and more about what I like, what I don't like, just different things in general, because you never know if you like something until you try it. After a while, I found this website, FetLife, FetLife.com. Um, through one of one of these people I became acquainted with. Mm -hmm. And it kind of opened up a whole different door for me because I knew about BDSM and I knew about the kink. I just never had that much knowledge or experience in it. So I went in there. I felt like I was mesmerized by everything. I was looking up all like the dominatrixes, all the status and everything, seeing what they do. And I was almost hooked. One of the people I found there is like a true inspiration for me is Ray Ray. She is like everything I ever want. Like I love her to death. I think what she does is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of almost what, how I kind of what got me to here right now is just kind of the backstory of, of wow. everything and where I am. So your niche is, 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 is basically the world of uh, BDSM. And how did you launch, like, how did you make the decision to go from just like wanting to break your virginity to like have sex? And then how did that bleed into, you know what, I'm going to launch an account and get followers. Uh -huh. And how did, how did you gain your first followers after you decided to make that, that leap? Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving a very general overview, but mm -hmm. it did take a lot of like conviction within myself because growing up where I did, it, the, I would say there was a lot of like brainwashing more or less because you're told that this is the right way and this is the wrong way. And there's no like in between, but so this process took over, took around like a year or so. And that's when I started first posting on FetLife. Um, I just, you know, I wasn't posting something that was as intense as what I might have done since then. But, you know, you see kind of the positive affirmation from people like, yeah, this looks good. This doesn't look good. And it's kind of like a cycle that feeds itself. But in the end, it does take a lot of conviction within that person. Like, Hey, this is what, this is what I like. Like, why would I deny it? Why would I suppress this part of me? Because as long as I'm doing what I want and I'm doing it safely, mm -hmm. I think it's very empowering. It's um, I'm, I'm not being forced into doing something I don't want to do. I'm not being forced into not doing something I don't, <laughs> I want to do. So in the end, this is something I I wanted to do for my own self. And it kind of just developed from that. Yeah. Just developed from that. Wow. 
Uh, you're right. It does take a lot of self-conviction to go against like everything, you know, yeah. to go against everything and be like, you know what, I'm going to stand on my own too and just kind of stay true to who I am. That's, exactly. That takes a lot of props. So I, I'd like to give you those props right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, do you have any tips for creators that are starting out? Uh, there's so much. I mean, the thing is a lot, a lot of the things I had to learn is based on trial and error. And I think there's still so much more to learn, Mm -hmm. but the thing, the biggest thing is consistency. And when you're starting in that business or in that industry, you're essentially starting as your own boss. You're, you are your own boss. So you have to think about think about how you're using your time in the most efficient and effective way. Um, because, you know, you go to school, you go to college, you go, like, even if you have a day job, you're always being told what you're doing. You always have someone on top of you telling you what you need to be doing. But when you're doing, when you're in this industry, you basically have to be your own manager and your own, like, marketer, your own everything. So you have to really think a lot about the time that you're investing. Is it, are you investing it wisely in doing what, what needs to grow what you're doing or are you, you know, slacking, being lazy? And I'm, I'm not discrediting the times where you have to take a day or like an hour or something for self-care, but you have to be very vigilant about using your time and being the most efficient at what you're doing. Okay. I like that you brought that up, you know, the, 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 the thinking about mm-hmm. um, the self-care, you know. So how do you keep your content fresh while avoiding burnout? Well, um, I'm trying to think about that. I, the thing is, I, I, I do a lot of things in bursts and... If I do like, for example, an event, a two-day event or something where I'm 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 doing so much in so little time, I do have to take like a, a day or two afterwards just so to relax and recoup. It does take a lot of, like I said before, trial and error. You kind of figure out how your body works, how your mind works when it comes to these things. Cause in the beginning, I was almost like half foot in, half foot out. Um, but you know, you kind of see, like, you see the results. If you're not committing as much as you should be, you, you don't see the growth that you want to see. And, um, I think developing good habits is always a good thing. It's, it's very different from one person to the other, how one person, you know, um, does things to relax, kind of rejuvenate themselves versus the other person. I, I partake in a a lot of massages, especially if I'm doing something that's very strenuous for my body. I, uh, you know, sit down, DoorDash, and just kind of relax and be a lazy, be a lazy. I call myself a lazy piece of shit. I'm sorry for the language, but it's everybody needs needs those days. Sometimes it's just you have to figure out the balance between not doing it cons- like all the time, and yeah. you know, you have to be very mindful of like doing it appropriately and not you know. so you do like a lot of batch creations but then you also go you you work hard you play hard so, yeah exactly yeah, hard, and and one of the things i really like kind of been in 
no, I don't want to say enjoy, but the thing that I've been utilizing the most is mm-hmm. um, scheduling posts. With, mm-hmm. in, in any platform, you can you can basically do that in any platform. So I can um, take like one day's worth of events, shoots or whatever, and kind of spread it out. Um, yeah, over like multiple days. And I have a lot, like I've done enough things now that I can schedule things ahead of time and I still have room to do more. I don't, so when I schedule things, I don't consider that time between now and when the post hits as time to relax. Like, no, I have to do more so I can keep making that, that window longer and longer. And when I, when the time comes and I feel a little burnt out. I feel like I need to relax. I can take maybe like a few days to a week off. And I know that my schedule isn't going to be affected by that. Mm. Uh, uh, that's, that's great advice. Yeah. You definitely yeah. People need to start taking, you're right. People need to start taking advantage of, of uh, scheduling content. Mm-hmm. You could just chill for a whole day and then the computer's just posting content for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what change would you like to see in the online community space? Um, I, the thing is a lot of people do a lot of, I want to say like fantasy play. So when, when I was first doing the, when I was first doing some of these contents, I was doing this, uh, like naked pizza dare challenge. It's called pizza dare, but you basically order like food and you're like, arrive naked and see what happens. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people do something similar. I'm just using this as an example, but yeah. I've seen some people do that, but it's obvious that the person is not an actual like um delivery person and I oh, it's I like a understand. plant like an actor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this this is fun. It's fun to watch, but like it just takes me out of, it takes me out of it because I can tell sometimes oh that person, yeah, they came in with like slippers on and they're they're <laughs> the same person that you have in your other video other from videos, like yesterday. Yeah. So that is like I think some honesty in, in the community is it is fun. Like do whatever you want to do. It, it is all fun, but um, just keeping that level of honesty. And um, I think a lot of girls are, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what, this is like the the one thing I can think of because I, I do consume a lot of the content from other content creators out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, a lot of them are just doing what works for them and it might not be what I do, but you know, it's, it's perfectly okay. If that's what you do and that's what you like get the most out of. Okay. Yeah. And uh, last question, how can the people find you? You can find me, you can basically Google Arabic slave girl and you will find me everywhere. You can find me on um, Twitter, FetLife, Instagram, kind of. I don't really post that much on Instagram, but my OnlyFans and my uh, FetLife and Twitter are like the main three social media platforms that I um, use to promote. Agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and, or ArabicSlaveGirl.com. This has been another episode of the Eat Fans Quickie Podcast. Go out and create something cool. Then monetize it on eatfans.com. 
a space for creators.